0: hello and welcome to too fast too forever there's all kinds of family we chose this one
1: this is episode 142 the fate of the furious lap seven i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe Two. and this episode is brought to you by laurel and their expendable attache case do you have a nuclear football you need to hide somewhere well, you should check out the Laurel LLR61614 expandable attache cage, available at Amazon and other fine retailers.
0: Well, shout out to Laurel and welcome to the show. We are, it feels still to me, and I know it's not, but it feels like fate is the end of the lap because
1: it does. Like, it always does to me, too. Lap that.
0: one, it was the end of the lap, and it's yeah. not anymore, but it still feels at like the end of the lap.
1: You keep telling me, you're like, oh, yeah, we're three-quarters of the way through. I'm like, what the fuck else do we have to do here? Well, we're,
0: we're yeah, we're not three-quarters yet. We still have a way to go before we get to three-quarters. I think we're two-thirds Jesus. of the way through. Yeah, but with Nico and Kevo, we still have the Hobbs and Shaw movie. We yeah. still have, like... Because this kicks off the the four-episode, the two-week little thing, so we have the rest of this one, we got Hobbs and Shaw, we have, um... The video game, I think we're gonna do in some capacity. We got the tune-up, relap recap. We got the uh, you are my lifespan. Like, there's a lot left, and then all the things in between too. So, like, there's a bunch of things. It's gonna be like 48 or 49 episodes this lap, and I think this is what 33 this lap. So, still a ways to go.
1: These never ever end. No, it feels no. Kind of like this week did. Up until... Yes,
0: but now the week is over. <laughs> now we have a new president elect, which is very exciting. But Joe, yes. extracurricular activities. What have you been up to, or have you just been staring at the news since
1: uh, I've been we last watching spoke? John King twiddle his map in front of me for like four days.
0: Is that a CNN guy?
1: He's the yeah, he's the guy with the big magic map. I had to cut in a lot of sports in between just to give myself like a mental detox. But that's pretty m- much it. The only thing I've been doing since. The last time we recorded
0: um, any food or any other TV or anything like that I'm trying to think because I'm also asking you to so I can burn time to figure out what I've been doing
1: oh you know who we, we've put on for like a couple episodes yesterday there's a show that our friend Adam really likes and he watched like a whole bunch of it but we watched it on Netflix it's called forged in fire
0: oh the glass blowing show
1: no, no 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 that that it's was not? called no that was called something else this is about them making knives oh so it's okay. like it's blacksmithery. the same show just, okay. So just imagine that show with them making a knife instead. Yeah, because we it was like, we needed something like really dumb that we could just like look at our phones during and like look up and not have to pay attention to. And that's what we put on. So we watched a couple episodes of that. And it was fun. It's like every other one of these shows. I like the craftsman shows because like these are all crafts and skills that I don't have. I respect them doing it a lot. And also, Rachel and I had no idea what was happening in the show because they use, like, the whole knife smithery language. Oh, yeah, like, you know, this is, you know, 6 by 10 you know, steel rod or whatever. And, like, I mean, obviously much more complicated than that. And it was just, like, things that I was like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking. Like, Rachel and I kept looking at each other. They're like, yeah, we have to make a cold forge today. And I was like... I'm don't know what the fuck that is. That doesn't make any sense to me. And then like, there's obviously like something where like, if you catch the steel on fire, it's broken. They all know that. And they kept doing it. And we were like, I thought that there was no upper limit to like, I thought you just get it hot. Right. Anyways, I'm learning a lot about blacksmithery. <laughs> in the cool. downtime. Cool. In the downtime that I'm not watching. In the, in the downtime that I'm not learning about counties in America I never want to visit.
0: So I still have not watched a minute of the news. I've just been following along on 538 because I feel like that's, like, the best way to do it. Yes. Maybe, I don't know. It's it's a way to do it. I don't know if it's the best way, but it's, yeah. you know, it's the same feeling as when I have a starting pitcher in fantasy baseball going, and I really need him to go six innings and give up fewer than three runs, and he's like, it's the it's the sixth inning. He's There's, like, one out. He's two outs away, but there's a reliever warming up the bullpen. You're like, just fucking get through it. Just get through it. I, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's that helpless feeling where, like, either it's going to be okay or it's not, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yes. And yeah. I was just, like, I don't need that stress because, like, I've had that stress. Like, it's the same – it's different, and it's more important, but it's the same kind of stress to me where it's, like, the helpless things that you've, like – you've set your lineup, you've cast your ballot. Yep, Yeah. Things are out there. There's nothing you can do about it. Please just, like, have it's this out of end. your hands. Yes. So
1: just – You gotta let the cards fall as they lie. Like, just let it happen. I agree. But
0: yeah, that's... uh, So I've not watched a single minute of that because I'm just like, I just... I don't... I can't. I just... I have watched a couple things that have been really good. I watched... So there is a... I don't know if you've heard of these. Do you know the World of Tomorrow short films no so there's this guy don herzfeld who i think came to semi-fame or people know him from it's such a beautiful day he's this animator and he's like uh who makes these interesting stories he made these two short films world of tomorrow world of tomorrow part two um or episode two hold on what's the full title of episode two world of tomorrow episode two the burden of other people's thoughts and then episode three is world of tomorrow episode three the absent destinations of david prime so these are in total, these three things are like an hour long. They came out over the span of like five or six years. The third one just came out about a month ago. It was great. I felt like I'm going to love it even more when I rewatch the first two mm. parts because I think it stands alone but also makes sense with the first two parts. So if you're into yeah. sci-fi and weird, surreal, like time travely things, but also like just I, I don't even know how to describe the, the specific kind of wonder and joy that these uh, films are. I watched a documentary that I'm not going to talk about because it's uh it's about uh, grief and death and stuff. But it's also weird and kind of funny, but also like really heavy. Called Dick Johnson is dead.
1: I saw you post the picture um on Twitter of you watching only yellow movies. Only posters. yellow movies. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was it was cracking me up. That's pretty good. And they all had like this like weird like goldenrod hue to them. It's like yeah, it's all
0: the same yellow basically, right?
1: <laughs> That's what <laughs> I'm saying. Very yeah. weird. It was very strange.
0: And then I watched uh, Undone, which is a Netflix – not a Netflix series, an Amazon series, which I thought was going to be sci-fi in the first episode. I'm like, oh, this isn't sci-fi at all. And then I finally got to a point where, like, it's like, oh, here's, here's the sci-fi. Um, but it's made by the guy – I did not know or I didn't remember – but it was made by the guy who did uh, BoJack. Oh. Raphael Bob Waksberg I think Weird. and so it's also about like it's sci-fi but it's also about like mental illness and like family shit and like I was like oh okay That's, this is something different than what I was expecting but it's very very good the reason I mentioned it, I want to make sure I mention it here is because it stars Rosa Salazar aka Alita Battle Angel herself so oh cool heavy and interesting I think it ends in a perfect way like the top review on Letterboxd was like I would have given this five stars if, for the, if, if not for the way that it ended and I was like I don't know what that means and I guess the end I was like, oh, no, this is perfect. Like, that's just not, like a, just a dumb person who, like, didn't... You know what I mean? Like, I know that not everything is for everything, but, like, it came out last year. You probably, if you were interested in it, have probably already seen it, but I wanted to get to it sooner rather than later because of uh, having just rewatched Alita, um, but also in it, her dad is played by Bob Odenkirk.
1: Oh, nice, who we love. Yeah.
0: Saul Goodman himself, and also Mr. Yeah. Show Bob and David. Pretty cool. So Undone, if you have not seen it yet, it's on Amazon, sci-fi, but also heavy family shit and stuff like that. Yeah. Anything else been reading but i think that's it again just don't know how anybody got any we said this in the last episode i think but no don't don't know how anybody got any work done because it's just like how do you do anything Sleep, yeah
1: anything i we haven't been doing very much i think life is gonna go back to pretty normal soon so well these next two and a half
0: months might be insane so i don't know yeah
1: but i mean like my my life is going to go back to normal soon. True. Sense oh, yes. Like, okay. I'm not going to be, like, you know, watching TV of maps for, you know, seven hours a day, so.
0: You never know. Maybe you're into the map thing. Who knows? Who
1: knows? <laughs> I know so much fucking American geography right now. I never needed to know what where every county was in certain states ever.
0: Well, now you do. Now, now you do. Now I do. do. To change topics, we have a Patreon page here in the show, TooFast, Too forevercom Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Summer Party. Ooh. Haley Gerby's West Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato DiDonato, and Jessica Collins, aka Mon. Tez, thank you all so very much for some more $5 level or above. If you want to support the show, swag and merchandise, bonus episodes eventually. Fast and Furious Minute document, which is almost over, the first first document. Access to the Fast and Furious Minute quiz, which will be public soon enough. Pit stop movies and themes, all sorts of stuff. Twofast2forever.com.
1: I just want to say Brian has a has a new uh, high school slumber party episode coming out where I, I came over. We recorded a long time ago, like at the beginning of the pandemic, but it's a classic Lifetime movie. Called she's too young, pretty much like the beginning of the greatness of lifetime movies. I had to take them back old school and where it all began. So that should be coming out. I think it should be out by this time, the time that this comes out. Or it'll out come. Out,
0: it'll have come out yesterday.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. So I think you...
0: we've talked about that movie on here because I watched that movie in health class, and I think when Brian was on, yes. we talked about that too. So it's finally coming out.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Great movie. If you haven't seen it, go watch it too because it's just hilarious.
0: So shout out to Brian over there at High School Summer Party um, as he slowly tries to manipulate his way or figure out a way to like get us to watch all the things he wants us to watch you know starting a Patreon for his show so that he can support our Patreon. I don't know it's a whole weird thing that <laughs> I think's a joke but also might not be a joke I'm not exactly sure but go check out High School Summer Party if you have not yet. <laughs> if two episodes of this per week is not enough for you go check out his two episodes per week. Exactly. Crazy amount of content. We also have an email address here on the show family at Joe. We have one email today and it's from the birthday boy Justin Lyman's subject line: Birthday.
1: Happy birthday, Justin! I saw he he took his uh, camper slash RV out for the first time this weekend that was pretty cute he says
0: thanks to the birthday wishes guys minnesota weather turned around i was able oh. to have a great distanced dinner in my backyard with my family and closest friends
1: cool this
0: is not my first election birthday as clinton was elected when i was a kid and for the first election i ever got to vote in we voted in jesse ventura as governor oh nice with the way things are headed with biden and lee it's safe to say my dad is never happy when an election falls on november 3rd also I'd like to throw a special shout out to Patreon member Haley Gerbies, who wished me a happy birthday. We ended up having a fun, long conversation. Props to the Too Fast family.
1: I've never ceased to be amazed by all of you guys. Like We have like such a great little community going, and you guys all make me very happy and make my heart warm a lot. So, in times like these, it's always good to hear that you guys are looking out for each other. That's very cute. Thank you. Yeah.
0: We're taking the motorhome out tonight, which is what you talked about, to a state yep. park for its maiden voyage. I'll definitely get you some super horn recordings. Catch you later. Justin.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah, I can't wait for the Super One recordings. Thank you, buddy.
0: Happy birthday again. Happy birthday to Justin. Shout out to Haley. And if you want to email in family at cageclub.me, we will not be uh, having emails on Friday, because we're just doing our Comic-Con panel on Friday, so there's no real intro intro then. But we'll get to it next week, either for either thing that you will find out on Friday's episode, what we're going to be covering. So stick around. But emails coming soon, coming fast and furious. (laughs) Joe, On the streets, Fast and Furious News. Is there anything you've seen... Uh, about this franchise or any of these actors
1: since we last spoke. No, absolutely nothing.
0: We kind of goofed, and I don't I don't know how this happened. Yes. I think we just yeah. my only excuse is that it had been six weeks since we had done this, but we just skipped. We didn't do the deleted scenes for Furious 7. This episode, there are no deleted scenes for 8. There are no deleted scenes for Fates.
1: But we talked about it, and we like looked, and you, I think you looked at the DVDs at some point and said there wasn't No, any. I just I
0: just didn't do it for 7. There was none for 6, there was only a couple for 5, but I knew that they were going to be for 7, and I knew that Um, Hobbs and Shaw has a ton. There are extended scenes on the Fate Blu-ray.
1: Included in the extended edition. Yes.
0: And there's other stuff, there's other deleted scenes or extended scenes on YouTube that are not on the Blu-ray, like the Ramsey and Deckard talking where Barstow is exotic to her. Like, that's extended, but, like, that's not even on the Blu-ray. So I don't know, we were talking about this with Wes a little bit, like, I don't know why it's so difficult to get these all in one place, but... It is what it is.
1: You think there should be like some kind of like Fast and Furious box set at this point? That's just like... Well, okay. they put
0: out a box set every time. Every time they put out a movie, there's a new box set. But I think it's still they're just missing things, and I don't know why.
1: Even if it comes out every time, shouldn't there be like the ultimate collector's edition, and it would just have like one disc of like this is the deleted scenes, and like here's the extended scenes, and like...
0: Well, that's how they get people to buy like oh this you know buy the re-buy for the fourth time the Lord of the Rings box set with exactly. 60 minutes of never-before-seen footage. It's like okay, someone spend like 150 dollars to buy the movies again for the fourth time to maybe watch special features or whatever. So, I don't know. We just didn't do the deleted scenes. So what we're going to do is we're going to cover those during the relap recap at the end of this lap because those episodes, I'm still not exactly sure like what to do on those, but uh, we'll be talking about the Furious 7 deleted scenes. The only ones on the Blu-ray for this are the extended prison fight and then there's also the extended airplane fight. So it's, like, underwhelming. It's, like, it's like oh, like... what? It's what,
1: more of an action scene? Like, that's not even... For things that we want personally. Yeah,
0: no, there's no character development or anything like that, right? It's just, it's it's just more, more action. Yep. So... Cool. So I have no idea, like, if... I'm, I'm assuming with Hobbs and Shaw, we'll probably get some new Hattie stuff, maybe. We'll get some new whatever, but, like... Hopefully. Maybe a new Brixton. I don't know what we're gonna get. We'll get to that in two weeks, but... These are... It's extended, deleted, and alternate scenes like there might just be like alternate I don't know but we'll find out when we get there in two weeks but because Wes was like there's you know there's stuff there's stuff about Letty like specifically about Letty in Fury 7 I was like I know like that's it's why I wanted to do this thing like it (laughs) I don't know
1: we do that's okay
0: the one that kind of had the most I mean the first one just great but like the one that kind of made the most sense for this lap we just didn't do but we will cover it we'll get to it there but there is none this episode so uh, we're not forgetting or just there's nothing to talk about yeah (laughs) There is other news. This is not at all about the Fast and Furious, but I found this. I thought this was relevant to our interests. There's going to be a female-led Star Wars series that will be a martial arts thriller there's so much Star Wars going on that I don't follow everything because like there's just Same. too much. But exactly. uh, I was like, ooh, a franchise we talk about a lot that we compare to The Fast and Furious a lot, a female-led thing, and also martial arts, which, you know, The Fast and Furious has dabbled in before. I was like, this is kind of a uh, perfect... And so is Michelle
1: Rodriguez, kind of, right? Yeah. Or a lot of this lap, Universal Soldier and stuff, so I'm like mixing that with fighting. Well, she was in and... Girl
0: Fight. Um, You know, I guess what I'm saying is like it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if we get news like that, like, oh, the Letty Led movie is now actually just a TV series. It's a martial arts thing or whatever. Right. Like, Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, you're right. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised at that either. And I think that it might actually play better. The thing is, they lose the whole like fanfare of a film, which sucks. You don't have high expectations as as high expectations. And you also won't get. A lot of people we see in forums that just shred stuff because they're grumpy on the internet.
0: True, true. I think true, it might true. insulate
1: it from that a little bit.
0: But that's all the news. That's not even news about the fastiverse. It's just news. Oh, uh, there is you know sort of related to what we've been talking about. Tenant is hitting VOD and Blu-ray on my birthday on December fifteenth. So.
1: Oh shit. So that's soon. Awesome, dude. This
0: year, which is very exciting. Yeah.
1: You're 15 and Rachel 17, that's right.
0: I knew it was going to come out this year cuz you know it was what it was supposed to come out or what did it actually come out like late July, early August? Like probably a little bit actually longer to get to where we were than uh normal, but uh yeah.
1: That's cool. And I also saw on again, I'm just like I give like Twitter updates of our community, but I saw Wells uh, did the fucking rent out a theater thing that we were talking about and went and got, saw Tenant yesterday or a couple of days ago. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, it was like, you know, spaced out and he got to see Tenant in a theater by himself. So. Good for him.
0: That's awesome. Well, shout out Wells, and we will all be able to talk about it in about a month. So December 15th, it'll be out on VOD and Blu-ray, which is pretty cool. Oh, by the way, I have I'm officially getting a PS4 on launch day, which is exciting. I don't know about the I don't know about the Xbox yet. Still TBD, which is weird, because it comes out as this episode comes out. It comes out on Tuesday. So I have not heard about that yet, but uh the PS4, PS5 will be here on Thursday, which is cool. Because the weird thing, I think we were talking about this, like the launch titles are usually underwhelming on these kind of things, and there are literally no new Xbox games. Like, There's nothing exclusive to the Xbox Series X that I'm like, oh, I need to play that. Like, There's a couple PS5 games I'm like, oh, I really want to play that. So I'm, like, I'm excited I'm getting that. Console generations are a weird thing.
1: It's so, it's so much different from when we were kids when it would like... New console come out. They have like six exclusive launch titles. Now it's like they need to get them out, but the games don't need to come out and the games get pushed, but it's weird.
0: That's the other thing, like the two that I'm looking forward to playing, one's a remaster of a PS3 game. It's the Demon Souls remaster. And then the other one is a expanded version of a game that's on PS4, the Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man. They have like a, they're doing a whole Miles Morales, like into the Spider-Verse thing.
1: Oh, cool, cool, cool. I, I think I heard some like vague news around this like I saw people talking about it but I didn't know what it was but that makes sense and that's cool
0: like I bought the PS4 one a while ago on sale and never opened it and so I just sold it yesterday for 20 bucks and so I'll just buy the PS5 version and just play the whole thing then so like these two games that I'm like looking forward to playing they're both older games like it's just like it's a weird like they're both brand new like they're both their new content and they've been remastered or whatever but it's also like like Halo there's Halo Infinite was supposed to be a launch title it um got delayed right so underwhelming kind of across the board but I don't know what a console review actually means or should how much credit should be put into it or whatever but like both consoles are getting great reviews because it's like this finally feels like if you want like crazy true next gen video game graphics and stuff like this feels like a worthwhile upgrade like this is like pc style pc level i mean 500 bucks is expensive but considering a gaming computer is 1500 2000 2500 like crazy like Depends. way more than that yeah, like can go yeah up
1: to whatever so
0: at some point they're going to have to figure out like when movies are actually going to be released next year right like in theaters like yeah. there's calendars but there's not really I don't know either all right joe the fast and the furious minute we are finally so like in japanese culture i don't remember the history but like 100 is like a perfect number um it's fitting that this movie literally ends
1: at 100 as the
0: 100th minute ends
1: it like it like fades to black at the yeah. end of 100 it's
0: We hear a little bit of Ja Rule with the song Furious, but yeah, so here we go. Minute 100, Handing the Keys.
2: I know what you're doing. I owe you a 10-second car.
0: Brian gives Dom the keys to his car. Dom drives off en route to Mexico, which we don't know yet, but we will. Yes. Brian turns and walks toward the camera in slow motion. The credits queue up as the minute ends and the screen fades to black. Yes. And here we are. This is the end of the movie.
1: First of all, it's a perfectly contained minute, like we said. Yep. It got me a little, you know? I was like, oh shit, this is like a very heavy moment in Fast and the Furious.
0: You were like, oh shit, it's Brian.
1: Oh shit, yeah. It's Bullet. Exactly. That's what I felt like. You
0: know, we were talking last time about, like, neither of us remembering the last line of the movie either. And, like, the last line of this is, perf- is perfect. I owe you yes. a 10-second car.
1: Is that, that, that has to be our question. And not to skip ahead, but that has oh, to yeah, be Oh, yeah, no, no, 100%. Sure. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. cool.
0: Because there's just two lines of dialogue. Dom's just saying, you know what you're doing, which is kind of a question. Like, he, he asks it like a statement, but it's kind of a question. Like, you know He's that like, you're you throwing know what your what you're career doing, right? away, right? But Brian just says, I owe you a 10-second car. Dom drives off. Brian walks off to the right, symboling progress in... English-speaking countries, you know, like reading from left to right, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too far into it, but that's kind of the point of this. But yeah, <laughs> he walks off to Miami, essentially. So we, they, we're off. Yeah. What did you notice? Is there anything that you noticed uh, in this minute?
1: I don't know if they had to time this or not. Dom definitely pulls up to the light it's green, and as he's, like, making the left to go away, it turns yellow and then red. And I was like, did they just, like, nail that shot, or did they, like, wait for the light, and, or, like, time the light themselves? It doesn't feel like they did that, but if you watch it, he's, like, pulling, like, he, like, Brian hands him the keys, like, they have, like, the long talk, he, like, makes, like, the kind of U-turn, right, hits the, hits the spot where he can make the left, makes the left, and as soon as the car is, like, making the left, it turns yellow, and I was, like, damn, it's, like, perfect, and he was following traffic laws, like, that's crazy, you know, I wouldn't really expect that as you're, like, you hear sirens, So you think that he would just be, like, getting away, but he, like, slows up, it's green, he makes the turn, and then it goes yellow. You
0: know, in Gone in 60 Seconds, right, they they can control stoplights, right? So maybe there's actually, like, those devices in real life that, like, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's crazy to have, like, a, oh, we blocked these blocks off, and, like, also, we would like to, we would love to be able to control, you know what I mean? Like Also,
1: you know what? We're idiots. This this is probably, like, the easiest CGI ever.
0: Or that. I'm just saying, like, even without CGI, like, you could just, like, literally have something, like, a cop there, just, like, all right light turns red, light turns green.
1: Yeah, I think they have to have like some kind of control box that you can plug in like a tester box or something. They have like some control that you put in and it's like green, yellow, red and you could just like do it just to test the lights, right? Yeah. Maybe it's that, maybe it's not, we don't know, but I just thought the timing is like beautifully perfect.
0: And then he's off. This is my Mexico, but we'll find out what actually where Dom goes. The next episode we do, I think we'll cover all the credits minutes and just see if there's anything worth noting in those but then we have at least one if not two are we
1: doing you said that we're going to keep them minute by minute but i have something else to talk about in this budget. oh
0: go for it yeah but i'm just saying i'm just like looking ahead to so we're going to talk about the credits all together separate but them slightly them individual minutes. although the yeah. the document i'm gonna i'm gonna rework the document it's gonna look a little bit different for the credits just because like there's not like things like there's not gonna be dialogue but like we can just minute we can simplify that but yeah next time there's no sense in us doing like five two and a half weeks of credits but we'll either no. depending on how it breaks down either one or two times we'll talk about uh mexico i don't think it's more than a i don't think it's a minute I don't think but it's like more than a minute either. but if it, if it starts at like, like 58 seconds or something you know what i mean like it could be what do you want to talk about what's the other thing
1: well you know we're here and there's the train crossing but i noticed another train in the background that i've never seen before in this movie it is the union pacific 6527 i have the type of train that it is and i just want to send you this cool picture of it that i found on RailroadPictureArchives.net. it's like the exact shot of the train I don't know. People really like this train. This train is like there's a lot of. I think it's a,
0: it is an iconic train. Like you know, having come from like I would mention last time. You know, my dad is a big train guy. Like I've definitely seen this train before. Like I think there are really? just a handful of trains. Yeah.
1: Like this specific one. Like no. I mean, Union I don't Pacific. know. I don't know
0: if six five two seven, but the yellow with the red Union Pacific. Yeah, for sure.
1: People really like this one, and um, there's a ton of pictures. I link to the pictures. I link to the type of train that it is. So I got all that stuff cranking in there as well. And I also didn't notice that there was a second train. Did you ever notice that train behind Dom?
0: I did this time, but not before.
1: You know, you're so caught up in the minute of, of like what... You know, he's handed him the keys and he's pulling away. Like, I, I never caught the train until this time, so.
0: The beauty of... So, okay, the one of the books I'm reading right now is this book, Point Omega, which is by Don DeLillo, who's this great American author who has written a bunch of really great books. Uh, but this starts with... It's kind of about movie making, kind of about storytelling, kind of about all sorts of different things. It starts with a guy at a museum exhibit and he's watching the movie Psycho, but slowed down so that it takes 24 hours to watch. And it's just weird. like this weird kind of thing where, like especially in the shower scene where like there's so many cuts like it's 78 shots I think across like 52 seconds like the reason I know that is because there's a documentary I think it's 7852, which is just talking about that scene in particular which is it's a cool doc but it's not a great doc whatever anyway there are so many cuts and you never actually see anything like there's never any blood there's never actually any violence there's no nudity but the brain fills in the gaps and so like it's this masterpiece like blah blah blah, blah whatever the reason I bring it up is because I was thinking you know as he's describing what it's like to watch this thing that it, it loses all meaning as you're watching because like things that are supposed to create tension actually don't create tension blah 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 whatever mm-hmm. another way to watch the fast and furious minute would be like to take the movie and instead of having a hundred minutes to, to finish it or whatever we, we slow it down and it takes 24 hours. So, like, instead of watching the minute, like, eight times in a row at a normal speed, we watch it one time, and it takes eight minutes to watch or something like that. Like, it's just, like, <laughs> a weird – because, like, it's the same – we would kind of get – I mean, audio would be a little bit different, but, like, you'd still be able to be like, oh, look, there's the train in the background. Oh, what's that sign say? And, like, it's it's a totally different way to watch, but at the same time, almost exactly the same different.
1: way to watch – Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting.
0: And I was just like, that's not at all, you know, the takeaway, like what it's supposed to be. Like, there's more to it than that. But I was just like, oh, like this one weird thing that we're doing that, like, is not a normal thing that people do. uh, I was like, oh, it's kind of in a way similar to what we're talking about here. So interesting, interesting, interesting. I don't want to say that we're done with the first movie because we got more, but, like, we've essentially completed the first movie, which is crazy.
1: Yeah, I can't believe it. I can't believe we completed the first movie. That's nuts. It felt good, though. It's, it's like, it feels nice. It actually feels like we, like, accomplished something, right?
0: So, our plan, we're going to do. Do the uh, credits. We're going to do the uh, credit scene, the Dom going to Mexico scene. Then I think we're going to do, as well, deleted scenes. We're going to figure out if we're going to do those minute by minute, maybe scene by scene. And then from there, then we're going to move on to too fast. But I don't know, you know, specifically beyond that. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, we still got a few more weeks. I think probably the rest of this Laparts or something will have first movie content. But
1: yeah. Yeah, I'm excited.
0: Any other thoughts? Oh, the, so the question, of course. We have to talk about the question, uh, which I think we teased last time. But what is the final line of dialogue? In the movie before the credits
1: that's the perfect question and i think exactly what it should be because i think that was our first question too right so mm-hmm. nice bookends
0: so i owe you a 10 second car
1: you know what you're doing
0: we could say ride or die
1: that's a good one i like that
0: and i had another one i think and i'm trying to remember what it is
1: how about via con dios <sighs>
0: okay that's a fun one right it is Yep, yeah, via dios
1: and it like plays well for us
0: so minute 100 handing you the have keys a fourth one I owe you a 10 oh, yeah. car ride or die oh, via con you know what you're doing
1: yeah sorry it, it rolled to the next page on the document so I, I oh. lost it I was like
0: turn off print layout ugh get rid of print layout's the worst
1: how do you do that
0: view print layout uncheck it okay
1: cool yeah there you yeah, go M- much better thank you way sir.
0: better way way better <laughs> way I work better in it, I work in there way too much to not not this just like for work and stuff but yeah, yeah print layout is was the absolute worst all right minute 100 handing the keys what is the final line of dialogue in the Fast and the Furious before the credits I owe you a 10 second car. The right answer, ride or die, Vaya con Dios, you know what you're doing.
1: Yeah, this is a good question. All right,
0: Joe, let us take a break and let us bring in Nico and Kevo to talk about the fate of the furious.
1: Number 142, Fate of the Furious. This episode is brought to you by the Lorel Expandable Attaché Case. It expands a full inch from 4 inches to 5 inches to provide added space when needed for all of your nuclear football storage.
0: Well, shout out to them and welcome back to the show. Joining us once again now for the 10th time. You guys are, you know, there's the SNL Five Timers Club and now you, this is the 10th episode. There's so eight movies and two Spy Racers and we've got at least a few more. I don't I don't even know how many more we have. But with us tonight, once again, from the Husbands Talking More or Less podcast, we have Kevo Reese and Nico Vasillo. Hello, guys.
3: Hi. Hitting them double digits.
0: Congratulations. Yeah. You have uh, I mean, by the end of this lap, you will be have been on more episodes than anyone not named is that true no maybe mike's probably still been on more because he's been a guest but
3: you're up there hey wait ask me my middle name what's your middle name i do believe it's joseph is it so i do believe i'm an honorary joe that's what the j in nico j stands for
4: oh so we
0: have a we have a joe three who has not written in in a while i don't know where joe reed what's up with joe reed joe reed if you're still listening what's up because he dubbed himself joe three uh, yeah. But you
1: are, I guess, Joe 4, so congratulations.
3: Can I be, like, pseudo-Joe or something?
1: Like Alpha? Like Joe Alpha? Do you want to be Joe Alpha? No, but, like,
3: I'm not quite one of you, like because, like, you guys bear it as your first name, like a badge of honor, but mine is kept secret, like it's my hidden shame. Ooh. You're a side Joe. I'm a side Joe!
0: Well, it kind of oh. makes sense <laughs> that this is the episode you tell us about, because at the end of this movie, we ask, you know, we, we find out the hard-hitting question, what is Ramsey's last name? So, Which, by yeah. the way... It's Ramsey. It's, her name is Megan Ramsey. I guess it's a trick question, but they are still too dumb to know. But.
2: The other thing that happens at the end of this movie is everybody gets to me and my baby, and my baby's not a car this time, and it's very important that everybody's good to my baby named Brian.
1: I'm so glad you did that because I was watching Colin Coward the other day. Colin Coward was doing an impression of... The New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick and his (laughs) and his Belichick impression is literally your Vin Diesel impression to the (laughs) team they're like dead on I like heard it and I was like oh my god Rachel did you hear that like I got like really like excited about it
3: you got to start bringing me the questions because I'm like I'm I'm fired up about this movie kind of like I was about Texas Roadhouse. no uh Tokyo Drift Texas uh, (laughs) roadhouse
0: (laughs) <laughs> Remember the time we talked about that restaurant chain for, for an hour and a half? That was my favorite episode we've done so far.
3: <laughs> so uh, I'm as fired up as I was about that time <laughs> about Tokyo Drift, but this time because I feel they did my franchise an injustice. Oh
0: my God. Okay. Well, we will talk about that. But first up, like the questions, like you asked for two either or questions. Are you ready for these very, very difficult Either or questions They require less explanation Than last time But uh, here we go Are you ready?
3: Yeah For this jelly
0: Now that we have seen The end of this movie And the end of six If you got to pick Would you rather die in a fiery explosion or by drowning in icy water?
3: I'm going to have to answer that with a little bit of like legit psychology. With the burning, you go into shock and you become numb. You just sort of like don't realize what's happening around you. But with drowning in ice, you actually are famous for uh, experiencing a super duper serenity like calm because your brain pressure slows down and stuff. So like it sort of depends. I'm a panicker. So I don't think that, like, I would be very calm going into the fire. I think I would need it to be the water.
4: Okay. I think it would depend on how quick it is, then. If drowning is slower, I don't like the cold to begin with, so, like, that's not for me. But The cold you know, was
1: my big factor, too. I agree.
4: If that explosion, it if that doesn't end it quick, I, I don't know. I don't want to be on fire, either. This yeah. is macabre. <laughs>
1: A lot of people have brought
0: up the like the icy water being a, a painless way to go, but I don't think we've had the fire as a painless less way to go. So yeah. this is an interesting wrinkle here on this episode.
1: I imagined it would be painful, but I've never been on fire, so I didn't... No, that's it. Yeah, that is an interesting wrinkle.
3: When you hit that level of pain, your brain tends to try and turn your body off in a lot of ways. Like, when you hit that excruciating level yeah. of physical horror your your brain tries to stop you from experiencing it
4: I was yeah. really traumatized by Titanic as a kid but I was also traumatized by that scene from volcano where the grandma walks through like acid water so I don't know it's all a big question mark for me
0: all right fair enough I'm, I th- I feel like though if I had to pick between one of I think you're gonna lean toward fire explosion though, I'm guessing Kev so I'm gonna put Nico down for icy water for that Zen like calm and kevo just to get it over with quickly get me out of this world please.
3: Burn yeah, me
4: it's going to happen anyway. Let's just wrap it up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now the the last question is a question that is asked at the very end of this movie. No context, the answer however you want whether it's, you know, in the in the in the realm of the movie or in the realm of the actual question, Revenge of the Nerds or The Dark Knight.
3: No, Police Academy. Okay. P- police Academy. I'm sorry. No, because okay. like the Dark Knight never... like I feel bad, and I don't want anybody to hurt me. I'm not a Nolan guy. Okay. I like the films that I've seen of his, but, like, the Dark Knight trilogy misses the point of the Dark Knight. They're very pretty. But, like, literally, it misses the point of, of Batman completely. Batman would not ever be like, no, I should let everybody think I'm the bad guy to keep somebody else's memory pure. Batman would be like, expose the fuck! <laughs> so... Let's not even play games, Nolan. I understand that you want visual beauty, but you got to find it in the source material somewhere. And I'm not even going to start on JGL being wasted as Robin. Okay, number two. You should Um, really go by your given name. (laughs) At first I was like, I do, Nico. I don't go by Joseph. Oh, got it. So uh, Revenge of the Nerds is super problematic. Yep, yes. So it's not exactly Porky's, but
4: it's up there. Yeah, that's what I was going to compare it to, but yeah, it's not, it's, n- n- mm.
0: So Kevo, do you have an answer? Because Nico is the first person, like, you know, every, like, these are all you know, A or B options, but they're all really, like, choose your own adventure, like, whatever you want to do. But Nico's the first person in the history of this question to give an answer that's not either of these answers. So are you going to follow the trend and do your own, you know, go your own way, like Fleetwood Mac said, or... or
3: I was about to break out into a song. <laughs> or... You
4: guys are so topical. <laughs>
0: Um, or are you going to go with one of these two choices? So, Kevo, Revenge of the Nerds or The Dark Knight?
3: Batman Forever.
0: I love
1: Batman Forever too. Okay,
3: I think technically Batman Forever 2 is Batman and Robin because Batman Forever is, uh, ha ha, get what uh, I did there uh, because your name is Joe 2 and we figured uh, out, that. goodbye.
4: I don't know if I loved it or if I watched it a lot, but it's one of those things.
3: Yes. (laughs) And it's in my brain. Honestly, Chris O'Donnell's Robin really did a number on my... No, no, no. On my, like, developing brain, understanding that a character that had been presented as a child in, like, Batman the Animated Series could be presented as a sexualized adult. And that was, like, right as I was 10 years old. And, like, so, like, I was starting to get changes places. So, like, it was exactly the right thing for me. Like... If I could thank, what was Bat Zemeckis, what, uh, um, Jerry Bruckheimer, who, who made those movies, and then was like, I'm really sorry about the bat nipples? Joel Schumacher? Joel Schumacher! Schumacher.
2: Uh,
3: if I could thank Joel Schumacher for his part in my coming out, it would be that. Oh my. <laughs>
0: <laughs> very important. Very, very cool. And also, Never Leave Home Without It. That's a line from that movie, I think, right? MasterCard? There's a oh, lot of ads right. in that movie.
4: In and from, yes. Oof. Whether it was a line in the movie or if it was just a commercial that they filmed in between takes. Yeah, but you know what? That's not too far a cry for, from all of those car commercials that we love from the Spider-Man Tom Holland movies, where yeah. J.B. Smoove actually transitioned that character from the car commercials into the second Spider-Man movie. It's fun. Yep. It's fun.
0: Holy rusted metal, Batman. That's from Batman and Robin, though, I think.
4: No, that's forever. That's forever? Yeah.
0: Wow, I have uh, I have all my Batmans. So Batman and Robin was received so poorly that we never got Nicolas Cage as Superman. Effectively ended three days before they're going to go into production, uh, the Superman... Superman Lives? Superman Lives, directed by Tim Burton. So there's a whole documentary about that, but uh, shed a tear for that.
3: Hold on. Now, I think we need to do a new podcast called The Bats and the Superfluous. And it should be (laughs) the Batman movies that got made and the Superman movies that never got made.
1: Yeah, we just need them.
3: Well, no, no. There's like seven or eight unmade Superman movies because the lawsuit that was brought against DC Comics in the 1980s, okay, basically end result is DC was trying really hard not to pay the creators of Superman's families any royalties, Mm. so they were taken back to court. The court said, look, DC, Warner Brothers, if you're going to claim that this material is so important that you went to so many years of litigation to not pay the creators, we're going to say that it's so important and so special, you should always have to make a product for it at all times. Which is why there must always be a Superman TV show or film in development or currently in release at Mm. all times. There must always Always be a super project. Always. Sounds
0: like Fantastic Four. Yes. Ah. Very in that family. Check out fantasticforce.html, where Nico Kevo me and Montez. Montez is, so Montez has been listening since we since I bullied her into listening to the show on our <laughs> recent episode of whatever was what, the first one, the second one. She has started listening, so she's going to live it all again in our Fantastic Four memories when she gets to these. Yeah. But guys, let's talk about the Fate of the Furious and let's talk about the clutch Letty moment. What in this movie do you think most embodies Letty Ortiz, Leticia Ortiz? What is the most Letty moment in this movie?
3: Surviving the submarine coming for her ass like a sexual predator. (laughs) This submarine... was so far up her, it was giving her a teeth cleaning. And not only did she make it out of there, she made it out of there with her best boo friend, Megan, and the two of them rode off into the sunset, and by the sunset I mean survived. I also imagine that Letty was the one who gave the, by our force, car powers united, we will protect him from fire. I have to imagine she was the one who summoned the magic car charm that protected Dom from fire at the end. Mm -hmm. Outrunning that sub, that was the most motherfucker thing I've ever seen.
0: I had that as mine, too, because of what Dom says. Dom just so proudly saying, that's my girl. Like, even he knows that's a pretty Letty moment.
1: I like the beginning moments of, like, her and Dom when they were just, like, hanging out in Cuba. I thought those were pretty cool Letty moments. They're not, like, really badass, right? But, like, they're, like, working on cars and just being a cute couple. And I was like... These are fun letting moments.
0: She's so confident in the fact that she doesn't need to be whatever she needs to be. She will let Dom stick up for her, right? Like, she could take on that guy who, like, belittles her or talks trash or whatever, right? And she's like, "Yeah." now you've done it. But, like, in a way, it's the confidence of, like, oh, no, like, this guy's not even worth my time, which is kind of a... Uh, mm-hmm very confident Letty moment. Kevin, what about you? what do you think in terms of this in terms of Letty overall in this movie did you uh, like her portrayal? Did you uh, have a particular clutch letty moment?
4: I'm gonna say that my clutch Lettie-ness of this film is her never giving up on Dom. Mm. Oh wow, love
1: it yeah. That's a good you point. You know,
4: I, I think it's especially with the last two movies have all been about Dom not giving up on Letty. Don't like the overall conflict of this film. I find it very convoluted.
1: What is the conflict of this film? The Dom against the family? Is that what you mean? But I
4: specifically mean the fact that he's not letting them in on why he's doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand it all comes together with that really great Helen Mirren cameo. And sure, that was all wonderful. But like and then on top of everything else they fridged elena i I, i'm not happy about that it feels like we took two steps forward and one step back at least on women representation with this film that made me not happy but the submarine made me very happy so you said it
1: Last episode, you were like, oh, yeah, man, you know what? They should have a submarine. And we were like, maybe. Very soon. <laughs> yeah.
4: Have they done boats in the movies, or was that just spy racers?
3: No, there was boats in, um, in let's make fun of the Latinos. Yeah, um, there's yeah, two. What's the second one called? Yes. Um, a
0: boat, and there's some speed Oh, boats right.
4: Yeah. Uh, what was the second one called? But speed 2? Yes, Speed uh, 2. Too Fast, Too Furious. No, but like, I want, like, yachts. They could have filmed that in someone's backyard. I, I want like mega yachts. yachts. Yeah. yeah. Racing around yachts and then crashing yachts into each other. That's what I need before the series winds down. If not space, mega yachts.
0: Okay, because like Spy ratio season one opens essentially with like a mega yacht, kind of right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: that's one where they where, where they steal one of the key cars from.
0: Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we are here. So you guys watch. I want to make sure that you watch the uh, extended, the director's cut, the two and a half hour, very very long version of this movie. Is that right?
3: Oh yes, we did. We it's that long. that we that thing we that that thing that that. We're sure.
0: I will tell you that Hobbs and Shaw is 2.15, but the movie ends at 2, and then there are 15 minutes of credits and like 4 credit scenes. It's deceptively long. I mean, it still feels a little bit long, because all these movies are now long.
4: I mean, they want you to get your money's worth, and I really respect that. They, they work very hard to
3: make these action-packed. I also think they're trying to get their money's worth. As far as I understand it, you don't necessarily command your paycheck exactly by length of filming. You agree to a film based on what you're being asked to do as an actor. We know how much of a movie gets left on the cutting room floor. We know how much of a TV show gets left on the cutting room floor. I wonder if they're saying, no, you spent $14 zillion filming this explosion. You're Mm going to use it, Justin. (laughs) one of
4: my notes during the breakout scene from the prison i was like god the things that you have to do now to be an action star into your 50s versus the things you had to do when scott eastwood's dad was an action star are just so staggeringly different it's it's i, I don't know how these men do it i'm so tired every day
0: <laughs> yes yeah, it's I a agree. difference between like living at the gym and then drinking gym for breakfast.
4: Like, the actors don't actually have the bad habits of their characters, so they look like superheroes. These actors actually are eating right, working out, mm-hmm. doing... This is their job, to look that good and be able to jump around.
0: Which is exactly. why I think, and you've talked about this on your show on HTML, about why it's so refreshing to see dad bod Thor. Like, he can relax. Like, he can be this character that I'm sure he loves playing, but not have to spend four hours a day in the gym.
3: Although, I do want to just chime in on that. There's a lot of negativity about the fact that he is likely to be fit again in the next one. Uh, no, that makes sense. He is lost and on a journey... I don't expect him to be in Thor shape, but I expect him to be fitter and or more fit, what have you. But the idea that he would go on this journey of personal growth where he's literally saying that he is not behaving himself by not exercising, by not eating right. He has lost who he is, but he's able to find self-confidence in the new man he's become should not overwhelm the right for this character to get back to the things that they have loved for the last 650 years he spent five years eating wrong he spent 600 years eating right like yeah i'm not like i'm not like don't be a skinny shamer there is something to be said that if we want these characters to keep growing and not just stagnate in our favorite like i don't want baby groot to stay baby groot forever because that's a cute moment but that's not gonna survive a franchise yeah bro thor needs to just trim down a little bit he should still have a tummy because, God, that man would look good with a tummy. <laughs> and he should still have those rockin' arms. You know, let's find a middle ground that isn't fat shaming and isn't the only form of a healthy body is an unfit body. I'm not sure what I'm trying to express there, but I think it's there.
2: Yeah,
1: I get it. No. There's, there's there's a middle ground somewhere. So aside from thinking this movie is too long, what did you think
0: overall of The Fate of the Furious? Because then, you know, I think Joe has kind of alluded to our initial thoughts, of it, and they have shifted over, the to- over time. But uh, what did you think of this movie? Did you like it? How does it compare to other ones? Overall initial thoughts of The Fate of the Furious.
3: I mean, I kind of hate The Furious. I don't. I, this is this is probably my least favorite film. Okay. In the franchise.
1: We we were we were there with you, buddy.
3: But you know what? It's not the worst film in the franchise. But it is my least favorite film in the franchise. Mm-hmm. I can recognize objective quality. If this film, this could have been Ocean's Fourteen. This could have been Fate of the Furious. This could have been any movie where the main guy has to go rogue. There was nothing Fast and the Furious about this movie down to bringing characters back in ways that felt like retcons. Like, I I like that they tried to make Deckard a human being because he saved a baby. You know, he saved a baby, little baby. No, he's still a fucking sociopath.
4: Yeah, that is in my notes. How do we make Shaw a redeemable character? Pair him with a baby.
0: I mean, I get that, but I also, you know, I love him and the baby. I love the chipmunks thing. To to the greater point, though, like, how do they redeem him, you're saying, Kevin, but like, how do we get it to a point where people will want to see him as the lead in one of these movies?
4: Yeah, no, I get that. I also feel like this should have been a Christmas movie based on the ice stuff and the chipmunk song, Ooh. just, like, a few more nudges, and this would have felt very Christmas.
0: Kara, Gaila, Regan, and Jordan Poland clark of the Wistful Thinking podcast, they have, on their on, when they were doing their podcast, they were talking about, like, Jordan has this thing where she wants to turn everything into a, a circus show, Fast and Furious, but, like, the circus show, like, with, like, stunts and aerial mm. tricks and whatever. But then Kara has also talked about, like, turning things into, like, ice shows, I believe. This might not have actually happened, but it just feels like something that Kara would want to do. And I feel like this is kind of ice capades. Like, there was... What? No, there wasn't Fast and Furious on ice. There was a car show, but Joe, we didn't have Fast and right. Furious on ice, did we?
1: No, but that would be marvelous. Can you imagine that? I want Vin Diesel yes. to actually play dominant too, and, like see him on ice skates. Wouldn't that be great? And sing and yeah.
3: By saying that, I think this movie is just bad. Like I'm kind of hand waving a lot of the problems down to nothing. Oh god, I feel terrible. Dom's not a convincing solo villain. Dom is not Superman turning on the group. If the Justice League has to fight Superman. That's fucking scary. When the Justice League has to fight Green Lantern, it's so fucking scary he gets a new name, they call him Parallax, and he destroys Sun City. When the Flash goes evil, time unravels. So, like, when you're talking about those guys, I understand what they were going for with nah, you just don't know Dom. He'll take on an entire Russian gulag by himself. This just felt like a loose plot pasted against bits of some of people's favorite Marvel movies. There was a little bit of X-Men First Class here with the submarines. A lot of it felt very Avengers. This was just an unfocused cash grab to give them some space to psychologically process the loss of Paul Walker and reinterpret the story in a way moving forward. I've never believed you guys more that Vin Diesel and the don't get along because they had no scenes together two movies in a row and that is fucking bizarre my
0: great hope and we've talked about this before but my great hope is that you know in wrestling there's always the people who turn heel and there's you know the surprise comeback and whatever that like there's a chance that this is all an act that they are actually not really, they don't hate each other, that this is just like, they're splitting things up to bring them together for this like end game where in Fast and Furious 10 or 11 or whatever, they come together to literally save the world and save the franchise and all of our hearts and whatever. But yeah, it's hard to watch these movies and be like, oh, you guys just like, the two most famous, like, the two top-billed people, although I think Statham's maybe second. Third. Third. Like, you guys just, you, you're never together.
3: Like, it's, it, it, you guys hate each other. It's really hard to miss, and it's really awkward, and it definitely cuts into the films. Also, you can't call Brian and Mia. Yes. No. That's my letting impression. It would, It's, it's going to sound really bad, but, like, hear me out. I would have much rathered it if, at the end of the movie, out of nowhere, the baby just showed up on the doorstep having been on the plane.
2: Where did this baby come from? <laughs> and then it turns
3: out that it was Brian, and Brian just like, boop, it's a baby! Oh, I thought, I thought you were going to say that there were two parachutes on the plane, one for Cypher
0: and one for the baby. And the baby parachuted out <laughs> and landed exactly at <laughs> 1327.
3: That's a much more beautiful dream that I wouldn't dare to dream after the shit this movie did to me. That's more of a Spy Racer's plot. Yeah, true. That's a Tony Toretto story. Oh, guys, I'm sorry. Look, no one be mad, but I I found out the connection John Cena has to Nine No.
1: I mean, it's that you're there.
3: That's just news. That's out there.
1: Part of the Relap Recap, where, like, we
0: sort of say goodbye to, we do our exit interview with you guys, we get your rankings and everything, like, part of that is going to be watching the F9 trailer with you, and they reveal that in the trailer. But it does feel, like, you could ostensibly watch a trailer now, because, like, Hobbs and Shaw, for all intents and purposes, exists in a separate universe altogether.
1: It's presented. Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. You could watch 9,
0: for 9 now. I don't want you to, because I want to watch it with you, and I want to hear your reactions in real time. It's not a spoiler for anything other than just like what we already know about the new movie. So like,
3: yeah, it's it's a weird thing, right? They really wanted to get real Olive Garden about it when you are here, you're really, really family. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So back to fate before we get into nine. I hated Charlize Fetheron. as soon as we start the movie and like like I see the the image. I'm like, oh my god, hideous white girl dreads. Oh, I hope she's not important. And so then we hit play and. <laughs> The movie's going great at first. There's this, you know, there's a lot of like, Gooba big dick energy, right? Like, you know, it's, it's very, my family trying to have an Easter. <laughs> it, it all seems very familiar because everybody's arguing about who gets the driveway. It's all making a lot of sense. Dom is like,
2: I'm so cool. I don't need this car.
3: Which, Kevo, you had the best point about that. Oh, the fact that he just didn't want to ship it back to America when they left? Oh, yeah, that absolutely has to be why he <laughs> gave up the car. <laughs> yeah. Then all of a sudden, you know, he's walking and he's like,
2: my way to get my Cuban coffee was a nights. All of a sudden, he's like, "Hey, you having a problem with your car, blonde lady with dreads?"
3: And she's like, <laughs> "I have a giant hairpiece." Yeah, she's like, "Did you know these aren't dreads? These are actually extensions." And he's like,
2: "I could fix your car."
3: And she's like, "But first, you'd have to fix yourself. I know everything about you." <laughs> and he's like.
2: Well, then how many dollars do I got in my wallet?
3: And she's like, you've got a baby you didn't know about. How many dollars is that in your wallet, you dumb blonde? I meant to say you dumb bald bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He would look weird as a
4: blonde, first of
3: all. (laughs) He doesn't look great with hair in general. So like, he's so gorgeous bald. Stay bald.
4: Second, what does she show him on the phone? Because he seems at least like a little surprised to see Elena and a baby. I'm not sure that's what she showed him on the phone. I don't know. either. Or
3: maybe that's just Vin. Like, I wonder if just it's just Vin, like a text okay. message
0: that just says, Tom, you have a child. Like, you know, I don't I don't know.
3: I, you know what? I can hope that it's a picture of Elena pregnant. And so when he sees Elena and the baby, he's surprised. Okay. But uh, or maybe just yeah. Like a
4: sonogram. So, and what's the turnaround on these movies that she, cause like how old is the baby? She had to yep. have been pregnant, you know, for however long. What's, what's up?
3: Well, so then as we keep going and it's like, we got a mission and I'm the rock, so I would know. And then Letty's like, all right, we're going to drive. And then Roman and Tej come in and they are just, you know, I love the heckle and Jekyll roles they've sat into. It's really attractive on them. I think making Tej smoother than Roman, but kind of sort of a huge geek is a cute contrast for them. I think that Roman is a little bit is getting a little bit too whiny though. Yeah, he's absolutely rapidly losing believability as a member of this gang, right? He is, as the kids would have said a couple of years ago, not Gucci. Oh, I thought you were going to say a cuck. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Soy boys. So they're all like, okay, time to go on this mission. And they go on the mission and all of a sudden, Dom just goes rogue. And everybody's like, wait, what's happening? Dom's going rogue. I don't believe you. Well, you should. And so then, okay. Okay. Some of the worst dialogue ever in these movies, as much as I love these movies, but when he's like, it's not too late, Dom. And Dom is like,
2: Dom bot do
3: and just kind of like stomps off like (laughs) Frankenstein. Right. And then it's not even 10 seconds later. And Dwayne the Rock Johnson, highest paid actor of 2019, says, now it's too late. No, (laughs) no. It's been 10 seconds. You dumb bald bitch. No.
4: (laughs) See, and my sticking point was earlier when Letty was saying I was thinking earlier about what what kind of a dad you would be when she's with Dom. And I'm like, could you telegraph harder that there's a baby in this one? (laughs)
1: rachel said the same thing watching it this time she was like wow foreshadowing like
4: well not what
3: we'd be like as parents what you'd be like as a dad (laughs) oh oh, 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 she removes her own agency so oh my god because it's his kid not hers so oh so mad Yep. well so speaking of foreshadowing and choreographing the point at which the rock decides he's going to make himself a fluffed eastwood pillow by starting with Uh, Scott Eastwood's neck and his junk. Oh my god, he turned Scott Eastwood sideways. (sniffs) And that he even says, a little tight in the crotch. Everything about that couple of minutes is just like how many dicks can you fit in a car? (laughs) So then they go upstairs. Eight. Well, evidently right now, because we're in fate. So they go upstairs, and speaking of little bald bitches, we have deckard shaw just conveniently opposite hobbs and if hobbs wasn't like it was all part of nobody's plan i know but if at that point hobbs wasn't like i need to transfer i need to transfer because there's a scary former action star after me (laughs) please
4: i like that shaw called hobbs hercules though Ah, i got that reference
3: jason statham just gets more beautiful by like the minute which kills me because I don't, I don't, I don't know. Deckard Shaw literally killed, like, 30 people in this movie. And he's and he, such trash. And he killed, like, 30 people in the last movie. Mm-mm.
4: And his mom's trash. His
3: mom is such a fucking chav. <laughs> you fucking know she is. You just, you just know that she literally blows off family members' birthdays to get home and watch EastEnders, okay? She has
4: every episode taped on DVR. <laughs> don't touch it.
3: And she just can't wait. For somebody to bring back Hollyoaks, is that one over yet? No, but that one's for kids. Oh, is Hollyoaks? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. So Holby City. Holby uh, City. Holby. Holby City. Hold me, City. It's like ER. Oh, okay. Or you know, and for and for New Zealand, McLeod's daughters. So. <laughs> Okay, so back to this movie. (laughs) The point at which Mr. Nobody is a somebody in this film kind of starts to give me a headache. Is he a government agent or is he a genie? I can't tell. (laughs) I think you just rubbed the right ring. You know what I mean? So then they're all down at the hot, you know, they're going downtown, baby, your street in a hideout. And they're down there, and they're hanging. They're just chilling. And then all of a sudden- Are you just going through the whole movie? Kind of. <laughs> well, until I stop caring. Charlie's uh, What was her name again? Cyndaquil? Cypher. Yes. Cypher. Yes. So okay. Fire, fire, so,
0: generation two, generation three, fire starter Pokemon. Yes.
3: Sybil Shepard and Dom show up. And the weirdest part is the, make out with me in front of your girlfriend, because it's all about power. Yep. Everything's a choice. Okay. Number one- Did that one, happen? I, yes. I yes tuned it out. Well, and so yeah. then she tries to explain like choice theory or whatever and she, yeah, she says the first two, but I looked it up and there's like 10 other steps. Well, she even says, "Forget all the other ones. The only ones that matter are these ones." And my dread. She basically boils this down to Coke versus Pepsi Dom, Coke versus Pepsi. And Dom is like,
2: you "Got your foot on the Tiger King's neck and I'm Dom Exotic." And, and I'm, I'm Mr. Pib. <laughs> and I'm going to go nuts on your shit.
3: She's like, "We're on a plane." And I have a bunch of people with guns, and their only job is to kill your baby. I'm gonna kill your baby so much. I'm really gonna kill your baby.
4: Oh my god, I would love Cipher so
3: much more if she was played by Heather Locklear. Not even Glory Days, Heather Locklear. No, right right now, now, right now, anything to get more Amanda Woodward. Right. Anyway. So I. God, we cannot stop. Like that was so disappointing. (laughs) So. I, at that point, kind of stopped paying attention because the movie got a little bit too long. And I started paying attention to some stuff on my laptop for a little bit. And when I came back, I swear to God, when I came back, Luke Shaw was there. And I was like... Yeah, well, that was
4: like well... Well, no, no, I know. I'm kidding.
3: I'm kidding. I'm kidding. kidding." But (laughs) I kept thinking that Dom had to come back to the good guys sooner than he did. Because basically, he pulls an American cavalry and just shows up at the end of the war movie and goes, now we're here and you're saved. And we did it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it takes way too long. I really genuinely, there's nothing more I love than watching somebody who believes they're actually undefeatable be defeated. Like when I see Fire Lord Ozai humbled at the end of Avatar The Last Airbender, that's one of those, it feels good in my soul, kind of watching someone realize they've lost it all. When I see Thanos defeated at the end of Endgame, I get a special feeling in my heart when he, like, looks at this human being and is broken. I have a feeling that, like, Justin Lin sat down Charlize Theron, who, uh, to this day, I just want to remind everybody, she was the first person born in Africa to win an Oscar. For acting. First person. At the point at which she realizes that it's all about to fall to shit and she's willing to sacrifice everything and destroy the sub, there's this moment in her eyes that's like, I swear to God... Justin Lin was like, "So Charlize, I want to talk to you about well, being so in a movie." Just, and so, like, "Real
0: quick, Justin Lin didn't do this one.
3: He's still the Hickman of this X Men." Sure, okay, okay. From Fair what enough. I understand, it's still like Justin Lin's Fast and Furious. From what I understand, like he's still very involved in the process. Right. Yes. Because he was doing Annabelle or
0: something. He did something. I don't remember what he was doing this time. Kevin, do you know?
3: He was doing Conjuring. Conjuring. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which is like my favorite movie series ever. So that and Alien. I swear, the Conjuring is some of the best movies I've ever seen. So he sits her down and he's like, "Charlize." I want to talk to you about being in a movie with me. And she's like, I absolutely think that's fabulous. I would do that in a heartbeat. Talk to me about it. And he's like, you're going to play the villain. And she's like, that's terrific. And he's like, and you're going to have predator dreads. And she's like, I was an alien. I'll do it. He's like, okay, great. Here's the thing. I'm not in it. And she's like, What? And he's like, too late. You signed the contract. I'm a sea witch. And like he (laughs) ran off with her voice. And so now she's stuck in this fucking movie. And Justin is nowhere to be found, not even to choke the shit out of her. And he's all and she's all mad. Right. She's so mad. She says, fine, I'm going to give this moment one glorious piece of acting that they'll never forget. I'm going to light their asses on fire. And that moment when she realizes she's failed. And she has to make that beeline for the cockpit security room. That is like such a consummate piece of acting. It's not even funny. She puts more into a look than most people can put into an entire film and it's so stunning because it just stands out as so inappropriate in this film.
0: (laughs) Charlize embodies everything that we kind of didn't like about this so I think that your perception of her and like the frustration I think you have with like how she could be great and how she brings greatness into this into like a part or a thing or a character that doesn't have much more there I think is all well founded. something we've talked about almost every time we talk about this movie. What turn the corner for us and why the last time of this time I like this movie more than ever before. Now that we know she's coming back, because she's in the... Tri- I, maybe sort of a spoiler, but, like, if you know about John No, no, Smith, no, I,
3: I flat-out asked Kevo. Yeah. I literally was just like, Kevo, she doesn't come back ever, right? Like, I kept saying, I want this movie to end with we found her splattered on the ice. <laughs>
0: I guess that would kind of offer a closure, too, but, like, I'm just glad that there's more to her and that there, her character will have an arc, because, like, we've talked about different trilogies within the franchise franchise and like this kind of feels either like a transition into the end game or the beginning of the end game and from the end character game now. to just be so weird and vague and like not really have a plan in mind. She seems so aloof to me
1: like this whole movie. She like has a plan, but she doesn't really seem like she's actually trying to do it. It's so strange.
4: And it turns out she's behind everything, but at the same time like meh, she's not really that involved.
0: Although what there is the connection, I'm not sure if you guys it's it's overt but also like not really sold in a way that like Should be, but we are finally also realizing in this movie that there is an interconnectedness between the villains, and that seemingly like half of the movie's villains up to this point have been directly or indirectly working for Cypher. And so, like, there's kind of a shared universe that is building here that not only are like bad guys joining the family, but there is like this overall kind of nemesis and enemy whatever that is Mm -hmm. building toward a greater thing. Hopefully, if they can stick the land in these final three movies.
3: I do think it's really important that they understand that this film. Departs from the previous films in such a dramatic way that there's no going back. In a little bit of my research uh, further into this film, You know, and I wish I'd looked up the date this movie came out, because I kind of regret that I didn't. In mid-2019, they considered making a Cypher spinoff. There is an entire pre-production log on developing a Charlize Theron spinoff.
1: I don't know if we knew that. No, I didn't know that.
3: I found it in my research on Twitter for this that, like, um, Hollywood Reporter had it. They're possibly going to do a movie about her. Well, because,
0: like, I guess that makes sense, because you don't hire someone like her to be, like, an underwhelming villain in just one movie, right?
4: She's like the girl with the mud flap tattoo.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, I guess it would also be kind of like weirdly fitting as she gets replaced as Furiosa by Anya Taylor Joy, who I also love. For her to then kind of assume this other mantle would be
3: kind of cool.
0: But that is not happening anymore, Nico. Like, that never got past pre-production. I guess. Uh,
3: I just don't see anything new on it.
0: Okay. One thing that I noticed in this movie that was very strange that we might have talked about before, but I don't remember. In Seven, when they rescue Ramsey, and they're like... Oh my god, you're you're a woman. Like I can't believe that you're a woman. Like we thought we thought you were a guy. Like, how can you be a woman? Like there women can't be hackers. Like it's just what what is going on? So like there's that whole like subversion of what you expect the hacker to look like, to be like, whatever, right? Not only is she a woman, but she's beautiful and whatever. In this movie, Ramsey, who has blown everyone's mind by being a beautiful woman hacker, is like, Cypher can't be a woman. Cypher's an organization. It's like, well, what do you like we just did this? We literally <laughs> just did this with
4: you. I didn't take anything in terms of gender from that moment though. I felt that she was surprised that Cypher is singular as opposed to an organization. I was actually glad to see that it wasn't about her being a woman. Rather, it was that she was blown away that this one woman could be so talented that it seemed like she was an entire organization instead.
0: No, I agree. And maybe I missold what I was saying, but I agree with that. I think it's more the singular person. But I just think that even with that frame of reference in mind, the confusion of like this entity that you assume Is one thing is actually another thing like we just did that like whether it was you know man is actually woman or entity is actually single person like we just did this like with you like how are you gonna Mm -hmm. pull the rug out like again like you should be like oh yeah like i knew this because like she's a hack like she should know who cypher is like although maybe that just makes her more menacing i don't know i don't know
4: i don't know hackers
0: go check out that 1995 movie starring johnny lee miller and angelina jolie she's in that maybe she's i think she's in that yeah. yeah. Also, one thing that I thought was interesting in that kind of comparison sake is that very early on in the movie, I think in the... Maybe when they're lying in bed together in the scene that, Kevin, you brought up before about like, I wonder what you'd be like as a father. Dom says to Letty, I'll always ride for us. And she says, yeah, but would you ride for the world? And it's like, oh, like, would you go for something bigger than just us? Little Nobody is like on the inverse of that. Like, instead of like telling Hobbes, like, do this to save the world. He's like, do this to save your daughter. And I feel like that is an interesting juxtaposition or parallel or comparison that they're setting up like one man is doing it for the world but one man is doing it for his daughter or his whatever mm. like it feels like there's something mm. that they're trying to set up that they like almost immediately drop they're trying to save the world but it's also about a baby and it's like they're trying to save the world but you also have a daughter and it feels like are you st- what are you what are you getting at here like i feel like they're setting things up in the early the first act of this movie that doesn't really pay off like it's kind of about being fatherly sort of by the end but not really not in a way that really i don't think it's effectively paid off is i guess what i'm trying to say
4: i definitely more noticed it leading into like you know do it for your daughter it's family he's my son we're family all this family stuff it's always family i do wonder though because we keep elevating the stakes with every single film so it feels like we are going to have to get to like save the world level stakes by 11
1: i I was more on kevo's side here where it's like it seems more like it's both family because dom's never really trying to save the world. He's just trying to save his own family. I think they were just setting it up to be like, oh no, just kidding. Like We're not saving the world. We're just saving family again.
3: And I think part of the problem is there's a lack of focus on what these movies are supposed to be and the fact that we are talking about them as transitive properties. We're discussing that these movies are in of a bigger picture. We're discussing that these movies from 1 to 12 have all been taking steps in different directions. This moved into, and I guess I, I've been trying to find a better way to put it, but this kind of moved into self-parody.
2: The big Bad truck is a snowmobile.
3: In some ways, I feel like that's part of what makes this movie a little bit difficult to discuss. Is that it does involve some amount of self parody. If you're not already a fan of this franchise, I don't think this movie is for you at all.
1: It's still a big action movie, though. I can imagine that there's people that go out there and they're just like, oh, big explosion, Charlize Theron. But then, why
3: this movie?
1: Because it's a franchise that makes big action movies. Okay, no, no,
3: no, 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 no. But then now you're now you're kind of you're you're mixing what I'm asking. I'm saying. If this is just a generic action movie, if there's nothing really that Fast and Furious about it, it's just kind of like a generic plot. And if we took the Fast and Furious out of it, what about this movie was special at all? I can get big explosions from anything.
1: So that's what, when we're watching it now, knowing that Charlize comes back in 9, and knowing how I felt the first time I watched 4 without seeing 5 and 6, that there's a lot that we're missing that Justin Lin has in his head to expand upon in the next set of trilogy and that's why we have optimism for this movie why does it need to be a fast and furious movie it's just a big generic action movie but you also have the fast and furious so like why not put it in this world too you know what
4: i'm gonna take us back to earlier in the episode and put it to you this way this is sort of like police academy mission to moscow This was them doing a pivot away from the heist movies they'd been doing for a while, and instead trying to do a spy thriller. This cast isn't really set up to be spies. They all yell too much. So many
3: obvious jokes to the orange car.
4: Both of those fall under the genre of action films, but they're different kinds of action films. And so, like, this was the franchise taking a swing at trying to do something cool, like spy stuff with submarines. And some of it worked and some of it didn't. Dom's not a good spy. That's just, it it didn't fit right. And hopefully we return more to form as we return to Justin Lin. Because that is an enormous factor you need to consider as well. The fact that this was a completely different guy. That always makes things
3: stand out a little. I really appreciate how you're framing it, but then they took a swing and they missed. I, I really feel like this stands out as a, a sore thumb. I'm a big proponent of, I shouldn't have to watch two movies to make your one movie make sense.
1: Agreed, that's fair. Why yep. should
3: I do your work for you? If you're the storyteller, tell me the story. I don't want to have to knit it together, unless it's a knit-it-together project, like A Lost, where half the fun is, is doing the work and finding the ARG clues, like we enjoyed with a lot of the side material they released for Gravity Falls. It adds to the experience. It does not define the experience. Making me watch another movie to make this one have value, then you didn't really make a great movie. You made a good entry in something sequential. And it's a very long
4: movie. You can't say that you couldn't find the room to make certain things flow better. For this film as an individual.
1: It's totally fair. This is low on my Fast and the Furious fun havings as i watched them but uh, we have come around more on it recently
4: also on a more personal level they came into my city this time so i'm watching this entire time and i'm like no the met is not south of times square no i can tell where that warehouse is and there's no way that they would make it to midtown to help in time you've got to be kidding me that cars are actually moving this quickly through midtown no 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 (laughs) So that was a wonderful feeling to be like, I actually understand this city. So don't you can't drive like that
3: here. Yeah, take it, tea and coffee, don't come for me. It's
1: weird that they took this long to get to New York, right? No,
3: it feels very realistic, like they understand that you can't drive in New York.
1: So, so they just never went because they couldn't be fast or furious?
3: No, they can be furious. Motherfucker, I have to get somewhere! <laughs> but, like, they can't be fast. Nobody walks in L.A. and nobody drives in Manhattan.
0: <laughs> True. We were sort of joking, because, like, Kevo, you had said that the end of the movie, in particular in terms of the geography of this movie, ended up being right near where the book that you wrote is set. Is that right? So you you kind of have that personal connection to it and you were excited about that do you want to plug that book because I don't know I don't even know if I knew that you wrote a book within striking distance of this uh, family barbecue at the end here
3: no
4: you're fine uh, it's it's something I'm writing now it's not something I have written yet okay well it's still so. very
0: very cool I like that a lot oh well thanks we were joking in the thread that this movie ends with you but it also kind of begins with Nico because Nico has I don't think on a full episode without mentioning that he's Cuban and this begins in Cuba <laughs> so like I'm I'm wondering and by an episode I mean of any of any show
3: I don't think I go a full hour
0: yeah. As people who have been uh, critical, Nico, especially as uh, someone who's been so critical of this franchise in terms of um, cultural like misappropriation, kind of, or like not exactly getting the, what, it's, what it's like to be in a certain place. Malappropriation. Like the what did you think of their depiction of Cuba in this?
3: I think it's a well-intentioned common mistake. Okay. I need you guys to come along on a journey with me. Imagine being, like, eight years old again watching Nickelodeon or Fox 5 Kids. Somebody's like, I'm new in this town, and I'm from an exotic, far-off land. And the white kid that you're supposed (laughs) to... And the white kid that you're supposed to be is like, oh, where's that? And then they start to sing a song and the music of their exotic people. Bah, 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 and it's bah, 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 very whatever country this is meant to educate you on. It's this look at this beautiful version of Cuba where all anyone does is dance and street race, give haircuts and drink coffee. Look at these beautiful natives. Yeah, it sort of becomes look at the magical Latinos and look at how they are wonderful like, like, what's like a Latino precon? Like, I mean, it's just like, we are just like little magical fairy creatures here. And that's fine. And I get like, that's, a common malappropriation in anything. When you go to wherever it is that people say, like, yeah, like Sweden or Scandinavia or whatever. Oh, like the Maelstrom ride represents Norway. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm okay. saying, though. Like, you know, and they're like, "I Norway was once filled with trolls and great Vikings, but now it has oil refineries <laughs> and fish restaurants." That's unfortunately how malappropriation works when you're not really giving a holistic view of a people you're just sort of like slice of life this could be a music video if janet jackson could dance that culture as eloquently and effectively in four minutes in a music video as you sell that culture in a film you didn't do enough makes sense it's not like the depiction of cubans in last tango in miami which was so all-brown people can't be trusted. That's what I'm calling the second movie.
0: I figured. Just because this whole everything is about comparing things comparing things, but, like, what did it better, Tokyo Drift or this movie? Like, what showed the culture that they're trying to depict better?
3: This movie, for sure. Tokyo kind of felt like somebody called up Gwen Stefani and was like, Draw me Tokyo! And Gwen Stefani was like, Yeah, man, that'll be really fun to do. Pink hair! (laughs) And... um. (laughs) I think that's my problem with that film.
0: Do you guys have any other thoughts or any other notes or any other comments on The Fate of the Furious? Kevin, where's a fall for you? I know that Nico said this is his least favorite. Is this the same for you? Is it also your least favorite Fast and Furious so far?
4: Um, I don't know if I would go that far. I've made my points of annoyance. I'm very frustrated with the characterization and history of Elena now. Justice for Elena.
1: I don't think we'll get her again either. I think she's just done.
3: Yeah. No, good, because at a certain point, it's just reanimating the dead. At a certain point, it's just like (laughs) Dom got the Necrodomicon, and he's just bringing back everybody with their car but only if he never sees Brian again (laughs) if he ever sees Brian again if Orpheus ever looks over his shoulder
0: we can actually talk about that now so the whole reason that justice for Han is a thing is that not only do people love Han but specifically because at the end of this movie it seems like Jason Statham uh, Deckard Shaw is like oh you're just part of the family now like you saved my baby Completely forget. that's what I'm saying
4: welcome to Buffy seasons 5 through 7 where Spike was a regular and we just had to accept
3: that it was okay because he literally physically couldn't kill people anymore. There were these super incestuous twins at Marvel. Every now and then, somebody, like, wraps a writer on the hands and says, No! You made the Maximoffs too incestuous. Now you can't have them. And that writer has to come up with a new incestuous couple. And the go-to incestuous couple at Marvel for the better part of 30 years were the Fenris twins, who are actually, for keen-eyed viewers of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Von Struckers. Baron Von Strucker from Captain America, who is one of the people that experimented with the 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 cube uh is their father their powers were that when they like held hands they could make massive explosions so then she died and so what he did was he took the hand he took her he took her hand and he took the skin off her hand and he sewed it into a sword blade so he'd always have his powers it literally kind of drove him nuts made him become a good guy Because he was always haunted by his dead sister whenever he held his sword and it just made him want to do better and stuff. When Swordsman becomes an Avenger, I never mind it. Why? Because I think it's so fucking gross that his dead sister is in his sword.
4: Okay. (laughs) That's a thing. Were those the siblings from The Gifted or no? Yes! Yeah, okay. Yes. Oh!
0: I was like, why do I know the Von Strucker name? Yes, okay, cool.
4: So when they held hands for the first time, we were like,
0: <laughs> Oh yeah, no, like yes. and even even that show was like, there's something there's
3: something to miss here. Okay, when Swordsman becomes a good guy, it's literally one of my favorite things ever. When Sabretooth is inexplicably forgiven every now and then... And gets to become the Wolverine of the team when Wolverine's off having missions in Europe or something. I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure it's canonical that he is a rapist. I'm pretty sure he's murdered enough of Wolverine's wives. I'm pretty sure we've seen him kill babies. I just can't get behind good guy Sabretooth. Not ever. Did Swordsman ever go evil again? Because it sounds like Sabretooth waffles a lot. Swordsman has gone evil here and there. He got tied up with a group called the Dark Avengers that were based on the Thunderbolts, and it's not exactly his fault, blah, blah, blah. You know, I think John Hickman throwing Sabretooth into an eternal abyss really did it right. That guy can't ever be forgiven. You know, Apocalypse and Mr. Sinister are very, very good guys on the X-Men right now. It's still weird for me as much as i love this era and this story it's still really weird for me sometimes to accept this hostile homicidal maniac as a good person deckard shaw shows no remorse for killing you know apocalypse has made it very clear that he has done everything he's done for the betterment of mutants (laughs) and mr sinister has made it very clear that he's done the things he's done for the betterment of his erections when he looks at the results deckard shaw enjoys murder He very much likes killing. If you're telling me that in a matter of speaking, he's been chipped now and he's a good guy, sure. But I don't forgive him and I don't accept it. I understand you're putting him in the franchise no matter what, but no, he's still a homicidal maniac.
4: And I don't know that Han being alive again is enough to buy that back for me anyway. So I don't know what they can do in 9 if he is still alive. It could always be a flashback. I don't think that even if he is still alive... That you can really buy that back for me.
0: That's the big. That's, I mean, that's not the big question, but that's one of the big. Well, I guess. I guess the big question is, what's the like? Just I guess Han question mark right? Like it's. I do wonder. I I think it's kind of like too short of a, a turnaround time for you guys. But going from eight to nine, like I do think that the trailer alone for nine makes eight more redeemable. So you know, we'll see. Any other thoughts? You want to play a couple games? Game. First up. This ain't no 10-second race, a.k.a. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. So when we talked about Furious 7, let's see what's going on. So hold on. So first up, I feel like we got points on air last time, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So first up, I got Sweet and Sour Lux at Sour underscore Lux. That was the back and forth with uh, Random Vimo, who said that his parents wouldn't let him watch Spy Racers. He was looking for animes. Totally intense boy do we have podcast for you? Nothing, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Joe, you found Shmoo at Terry Ka. I haven't watched one of seven movies of Fast and Furious, and I jumped right into feet. I need someone to watch them with me before nine comes out and they already got a trailer to it. We're here for you. Watch them for us. Boy do we have a podcast with you for you. No, nothing. Mm-hmm. It feels like a slam dunk. Alas, it did not happen. Sucks. Nico, you found Huntress at Batman's Huntress. Fast and Furious binge continues. Furious 7, I was so happy when Jason Statham showed up at the end of 6. I had actual tears. I always said I wished he could be in the Fast and Furious franchise, and then he came back and back again and again. I just love these movies. said, girl, do we get it? He's physical perfection. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. (laughs) No. kevo found sandy e at sandy e it's never goodbye crying emoji hashtag furious seven hashtag me familia screenshot of the tv with paul from his car looking at dom at the end of the movie crying face crying face crying face boy do we have a podcast for you nothing so i mm. guess i misremembered getting sandy, points oh for four what a terrible terrible thing
3: well i still believe in us we can
1: do it this time it's our week
0: nico did uh so he's got josh frulinger at Fruh, and he's got this long 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 thread where he's talking about fast and furious but the one that he found that nico's replying to says hmm hard to argue with this take and then it's a screenshot of a headline that says vin diesel says furious seven ending is best moment in cinematic history oh boy do we <laughs> for you, yeah, Nico. That's a good one. Whenever you find a thread, I feel like it—it it feels like it should be a slam dunk, but isn't always a slam dunk because I don't know why people just don't.
3: Just I like I like everything. Like not to be that guy, but if like you take the time to reply to me or shit, as long as you're not like. Yeah. Same. Man, I enjoy being a part of the master race. Isn't it great being white? I'm <laughs> likely to reply. Like,
1: Likes are free; they don't cost anything, right? So, like, it
3: doesn't cost any money to make somebody feel good. Well, exactly. Like,
1: when, when we posted about our comic con panel, like, there was someone
0: who's very clearly a bot that replied, "Like, brother, I found you," or something like that. And like, Miko liked it. I was like, "This is not. This is not a person. Like, it's very, very clearly not a person." But Miko threw him a like. Likes are free;
1: they don't cost anything. Likes
0: are fucking free. All right, Kevo, you have Chef Swagger from Hell's Kitchen at Chef Spurls, the beginning of the Fate of the Furious is ridiculous. That's just, it's, it's, it's the whole tweet? I love it.
3: That is the whole tweet, and it felt very kevy I'm on board with it.
0: I found Kenneth Pattingale at Kate Pattingale. He's a singer, songwriter, guitar singer, slinger in the Milk Carton Kids. I like this tweet a lot. I don't know that he actually likes these movies, but he just says, enjoying a nice evening in watching the Fate of the Furious, and then it's a screenshot of the Google search with Vin and The Rock and Statham all side by side, all smiling, laughing, all bald men. Boy, do we.
3: Please pay no attention to those earlier bald bitch comments. I, too, am a bald man, <laughs> and and I'm, I'm very into being bald, so.
1: Joe, did you find the tweet yet? This is right up your alley, but it was just too perfect. It's in response to Alexis Rom Walker. Andrew has me watching Death Proof, and y'all... Just why? And the response is from at yo underscore V underscore la underscore papa. And it's, oh my God, then watch Planet Terror, then Machete, then Machete Kills. Yeah, and then Boy. Alexis responds
0: and says, he was just talking about Planet Terror, but said he hasn't seen the Machetes yet. I might die if he makes me watch all of them crying,
1: crying, crying, crying. Boy, do we have multiple episodes of this podcast for you.
0: Successful round. I mean, hopefully successful. We'll see. Because last time felt it successful and we went 0 for 4, so... Fade the Furious there's not that many more times for you guys to get points in this game so every everything matters now every tweet counts
3: not like in a shitty way but I feel like we're never getting off of this show so I, I don't think that's possible <laughs>
0: no one before has requested additional episodes and also no one has ever like we've never had the video game or season two of Spy Racer so
1: like there's just more things so also they're going to keep making these movies you guys are always going to be back so we got at least 11 we got like three more movies out of you guys at the bare minimum
3: I'm hard in places I never
1: knew I could be (laughs) (laughs) well the last thing to do before we say
0: goodbye is to talk about one more game to play one more game dude what's my car
3: dude what's my car what? your car, dude? It's a Miata.
0: It might be. I haven't found the car yet. Okay. <laughs> we're going to go pick a number between one and nine. You guys pick. Seven. All right. Perfect. We're going to West Hampton. What's up, Wes?
3: I always go with eight, but I couldn't go with eight because this is eight of the furious. No. So like- But eight's, like, my lucky number, so, like, I didn't know what to do. Well,
0: so here's a question for you. I know you don't really like this movie very much, but where does this title fall in terms of all the ones? Do you like this as a title, as a
1: punny title?
3: I genuinely fucking love the internet's hatred of this title. Really? Are you not aware that the internet hates this title?
1: (laughs) I've never, like, thought about it or looked it up. Okay, so the
3: internet hates this title, and I'll tell you why. Why? This title is stylized as the word fate, whereas... Too Fast, Too Furious got a number two, and the next film gets a number nine. They literally, the one time it would have actually made sense to use the number not
1: But they do in some of the promo stuff. The like, it's always F8. Just kind of gen- generally, genuinely just hates these
0: movies. Like, these movies are, like, the most hated billion-dollar movies, I think, ever. Uh,
3: you know, I don't know. There's Avatar.
0: There is okay. Avatar, but, like, Avatar is like a, like, I feel like people, like, there was like a, 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 a haze. I don't know.
3: There was also five minutes where we all cared about Tiger King, but that doesn't make it okay.
0: True, true. We, that's the second time you've brought up that we've brought up Tiger King this episode, so I thought we were all out of our national nightmare before You know, I have to watch this Nicolas Cage TV series where he plays Tiger King. So
3: that's the only reason it's in my head right now, (sighs) because I came across that earlier. And I still think it's too embarrassing because the fervor for the show is so fucking long gone. Nobody is interested. No,
0: not even a little bit. All right. Here's from Wes Pick. I know you have like a thousand pictures, which is great. I'm glad other people started sending them in. I have one for you whenever you get to it. It's a bit of a departure from the supercars and old school muscle cars. This one. It's more about the story. Our friend JB, the very passionate fan of things I've mentioned many times, is a little older than us. He grew up in Rockford, Illinois, always wanted to be a rock star. After he graduated high school in the early 90s, tried to get his band to move to L.A., but the rest of the guys were too nervous to make the move. I guess he figured if they wouldn't go to L.A., he would try to get them close, did a bunch of research on music scenes and landed on Tempe, Arizona. It's a big college town and only about six hours from L.A. After he'd been there for a little while, he needed a new car. He didn't have a lot of money, but he wanted a convertible and it had to be big enough to carry his base and equipment. So these are all hints Mm. sprinkled in, I'm sure.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: He brought his gear to the dealership and test-fitted several cars, and what he ended up with was a white blah, 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 blah that he put cow print seat covers in. My Mm. favorite part of the story is that his gear fit in the back barely, And his base had to ride up front, so if he met a girl at the show and they wanted to go back to his place, she had to follow him in her car because he couldn't fit his gear and a passenger. I mean, he could always do the Han and Giselle, just like have her sit on his lap, right? There's there's always space. He also couldn't put the top up with his gear because his base stuck out the top. It wasn't great for the three days of rain that Phoenix gets, but other than that, he said he loved this car. We actually went online a few weeks ago to see if we could find one for sale. No luck yet, but we're going to keep looking. His wife is thrilled. Included are pictures of him from around that time. So picture this guy driving around in a white blah, 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 top yeah. down, I almost said the name there, which would have been devastating if I read this whole email, top yeah. down, base sticking up, hair flowing in the breeze. I'm going to send you these two pictures of him in the band so you can get okay. a sense of like what this guy, what kind of car this guy might drive. It's a white convertible that's big enough for gear, but not big enough overall in general. I have no idea what country this is.
1: Oh, you don't know what country it is? Weird. It's, okay, I was thinking American.
0: Oh, ooh, this is confusing to me. It's a joint effort. It's American and another country simultaneously.
1: Is it like an Eagle
0: Talon? No. Um, Nico Kevo, do you guys want to take a shot in the dark at what this convertible is?
3: I, 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 I didn't know two car companies could work together.
1: It's like Hobbs and Shaw. Like they should go together, but they do. A lot of times, these car companies, like a Japanese car, it's a, a
3: BMW room. Chevy. <laughs>
1: So like make a car in Japan and then you make it like an American version here and it's like all the same parts. I don't know. It's not an Eagle. What's the... I don't know what the make would be of like a mixed...
0: So in the name of the car, neither manufacturer is in it, although it kind of is in a weird way. This was manufactured and made available. So the variation of a certain car available in North America from 89 to 01 as a joint effort between this one company... And another company. And in the last three years that It's it a existed, Pontiac the Thunderbird
3: changed. Mazda GTZ XD7.
0: Mazda GTXD7.
3: You got some letters, right? You're welcome, Uh, Joe, too, I think I actually just carried us across the finish line. If you could please just drag our asses.
1: I have no idea. You got to tell me.
0: Let me describe the car. Hold on. I haven't described the car at all yet. It is a convertible. It is white. There's also a picture where it's red. It's a very boxy convertible, and I don't know if that's the style or just the early 90s of it all or what.
1: Uh, Not a good looking car. LeBaron.
3: No. A Seabreeze.
1: Chrysler Sebring. No. I don't know. mix of it i don't know one of
0: these pictures in front of a graveyard if that helps
1: is it a hearst (laughs) what
0: the fuck joey it
4: does
3: actually
0: it's a two-seat sedan there's a it's a soft top convertible the front is very bare
3: okay wait is it a pontiac i have a joke i gotta go bye
0: bye it's it's a very plain car i felt like if you didn't know it from now the, the joint thing. I don't know how you could get it.
1: Yeah, Fiat.
0: No, it's uh, it's okay. Here's what? another thing. It's initials like the car, the, the name of the car, the initials of that, like the the first letter of it, the two words are the also the initials of the American company that made it. MG. Other way around. Oh, GM. General Motors. Yeah. So
3: it's it's a GM. It's a it's a GM. Okay, can you give us a continent? Uh. What? For the other company. Can the other company, oh, can we know uh, the Asia. continent? Asia. Asia, okay. So now we're thinking, you so know, it's Japanese. two words.
0: The first word is a G, and the second word is an M. General Motors? I don't know. What no,
3: it's, it's a it's a grand miasma.
0: Grand Marquis? Nope. It's a car that I've heard of, and I don't know why I've heard of
3: it. A gubernatorial mansion?
1: No. Very timely, though. <laughs> right? I got nothing. Go ahead. It is... A Geo Metro. Oh, this is a tiny-ass car. It's not big at all. I don't know how he fit his gear in this. But it's a very
0: boxy, ugly-looking car. Yeah,
1: it's fun, though. It matches this guy. It fits his vibe, for sure. Yeah, You have, like, a fun convertible. Like, small. You can just whip it around. And also, Nico, to your credit, this is essentially a Miata, right? Thank you.
3: It's just a funny name for a car, so... That's why I
1: said it
0: before
3: he even showed us a picture.
0: Well, thank you, Wes, for sending him the picture and for telling the story. Good guesses on the things. Uh, we got there in the... I mean, when you said Mazda, Mazda and Metro are almost the same word. So uh, you were right there, Nico. You were so close. Close. Very I close. was so close,
3: yet so foreign, like Cuba. <laughs> so foreign.
0: But yeah, it's a, it's a joint between GM and Suzuki, apparently. And then by the end, by the end of its life in his final three years, it was released as the uh, Chevrolet... Sprint, hold on. Makes oh, yeah.
3: Who can forget the Chevy Verizon? Yeah,
0: Chevy, Chevy Aveo also maybe became I don't know, man. But yeah, I weird. used to drive
3: a Toyota Bell Atlantic.
0: <laughs> we have done it, we've gotten through Fate of the Furious. We've got a handful more movies with you guys. We've got our panel coming out on Friday, which is very exciting. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, we've been talking all lap about the different projects that you guys have. But what would you like to plug this episode? Anything of note that you want to bring up to our listeners that they might not already know about?
3: Just excited to keep trucking along on X's for podcast. Things are getting pretty interesting. We have 12 rotating voices coming in and we're cool. breaking up into like mini rooms and everybody's doing four person roundtable discussions, sharing different experiences that shape the way we react to this comic and it's been really fantastic
0: that's awesome Kevin anything of note to plug
3: i'm just happy to be here
1: we're happy yeah. to have you brother
0: for all things too fast too forever you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash too fast too forever or at too fast too forever on twitter and instagram email us family at cage check out our Patreon page at too fast too forever.com come back on friday for our comic-con panel or if you want Friday off, the panel's available now to watch on YouTube. Search Fast and Furious and Evolving, and you will find that. It's me. It's Joe. It's Rachel. It's Nico. It's Kevo mm-hmm. It's everybody you know, everybody you like, all sorts of good stuff on YouTube, and then coming on Friday to our podcast feed. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. That was Kevo Reese and Nico Basilo of the Husband's Talking More or Less podcast, and we'll tell you all about it when we see you again.